Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Hello and good morning. This is Straight Football Talk coming to you live from the cave. Yes. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Please feel free to like and share our Facebook page. Also, feel free to call into our radio broadcast and join us on the Football Talk at 718-508-9883. We love talking NFL football in the right suit, Mike. Yes, we do. And we would love to hear other people's takes on the topics and their views and opinions. Again, Everybody has their own view. Uh, we love to hear from it. Um, Super Mike, we got a lot to discuss. A lot to discuss, yes. Ready to get started? Sure. Again, that number, 718-508-9883. Call in. You guys don't want to talk about <clears throat> one of the topics we're talking about. Here we go. Let's get started with our NFL buzz this week in Cleveland. The Browns have been making several headlines. Yeah. Yes, several headlines. For starters, Brown signed Kirksey, Christian Kirksey, to a four-year, $38 million deal worth $21 million guaranteed. A lot of money. A lot of money. This comes after a very nice 148 tackle, two-and-a-half sack um, season last year for the inside linebacker. The Browns are planning to move Kirksey to outside linebacker for what I've been reading, though. Okay. Um, in the 4-3 scheme. In their new 4-3 scheme, yeah, um, by their new defensive coordinator, Greg Williams. Um Question is, will the third round, uh, 2014 third-round draft pick play up to his fat new contract's expectations? So from what it looks like, the reason why he's an outside linebacker in the 4-3 is due to his coverage skills. Mm-hmm. Yes. So as long as he keeps those tackles up, I don't see an issue. Yeah, I, I, see, I don't see why not either. I mean, he was definitely one of the high, higher points in the Browns defense last year. They've added a lot of weapons, which we'll get to in a little bit yeah. um, on defense. But again, I don't see I don't see anything wrong with it. I like it a lot. Dallas, hi to you too, sir. <laughs> Good morning, Dallas. <laughs> Moving on from Mr. Kirksey's nice yes. contract. Speaking of Browns players, Brock Osweiler participated in Browns OTAs. What does this mean? Well, if you remember when Brock was traded to the Browns, there was a lot of disdain from the Browns fans in in in, in receiving Brock. Right? You remember right. that? I mean, there was a lot of I mean, my good buddy, our good buddy, Ben, he was just like, oh, my God, here we go again. Right. Um, of course, this was before they drafted Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, but Brown's nation wasn't jumping up and down, even though they still got the better end of the deal. Right. Um, you know, they just don't – I just don't think they want another another underwhelming quarterback leading their team to yet another losing season. Would you agree with that? I, I agree with that. I mean, their thoughts going in is – Wow, this guy just underperformed for the Texans. Yeah. Now we're trading for him. Yeah. Yes, they did get the draft picks, but not a lot of people think about that. Right. They're, they're right thinking away. about the quarterback part. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now, you look, you talk to him now, there isn't nearly as much criticism about Brock's presence being there. Um, in fact, some Browns fans are even saying, give him a shot to compete. Yep. You know, he, they, we brought him here. Um, it can't hurt, you know. Uh, I think what, what's even more intriguing is what – 
head coach Hugh Jackson said uh, about the newly traded quarterback. And yeah, he this, was this yeah. took me by surprise. Yeah, he was quoted saying, <clears throat> and I quote, mm-hmm. Brock Osweiler has been a pleasant surprise. Everybody has a reputation. He's not that. He's he has a good feel to him. End quote. I must say it will be interesting to see how this shakes out for the Brown exactly. quarterback yep. situation. I mean, you, you agree with that too? Yes. Okay. Mostly because he's coming into another situation, and the year he was quote unquote good, right? With the Broncos. Right, with the Broncos. Yep. He had the weapons, mm-hmm. quote unquote. <laughs> um, he did really well replacing Peyton while Peyton was hurt. I believe he was hurt, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, yes. Manning was. Yeah. Um, anyways. But, yeah, last year, put into that starting role just wasn't – yeah, you could argue the weapons weren't the same, but he did have Hopkins and Fuller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had some weapons there in yeah. Houston. Um, moving on. Yes. Keep, or keep going about Brock. Um, that this is, this is, helped, yeah. Do what? Oh, that, yeah, the defense certainly helped. Yeah, in both teams, much, yeah. yeah, both, both teams. Um, this is the same head coach, uh, Hugh Jackson, that we saw a couple of years ago um, make Andy Dalton a stud. Um, yes, he had help in the offensive line, um, and yes, he had a great receiving core, but it had a lot to do with the help of Hugh Jackson, you know? Yeah. Um, definitely a good quarterback coach. Um, and I suspect no matter who he has at the quarterback position, uh, whether it be Kaiser or Osweiler, um, Hugh Jackson will – give either either of the two a good shot at being being competitive, being good um, in this league. Um, Hugh Jackson's, a good again, a good quarterback coach. He's going to give them the best opportunity he can. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Man, we're doing a lot of things we did this morning. <laughs> I think most of the time we do agree on all. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> The Browns didn't stop here at headlines this week. Of course, this, this is the part that people are probably waiting on us to talk about. The Cleveland, one of the parts. Yeah, yeah. The Cleveland Browns traded linebacker DeMario Davis, who was signed by the Browns last year in free agency from the Jets, in return to receive former first-round pick safety Calvin Pryor. So, in other words, the Browns traded an old Jets player for another Jets player, and they end up getting safety Calvin Pryor. Yep. Um, Pryor is an experienced young safety with some good upside still. He's, he's young still. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's only a couple, been in the league for a couple of years, so he's got the experience. He's still young. Um, He's a physical hitter, which does help bring a nice physical presence to the Browns D in the locker room. I, I yes, love, yes. you know, it's going to help them out. Um, he needs to work. What he needs to work on is his coverage ability, and honestly, we're we're that's where he's lacking the most. Um, we've seen him get burned a couple times, honestly. Um, but of course, that can be coached and improved on with his coverage skills. You know, right, we can, right. they can improve that. Um, this is, but this is yet another solid move for the Cleveland Browns this offseason. Um, the Browns needed help. They needed to help their defense, and so far they're do, doing just that. Um, and, get, and you know, from Calvin Pryor to getting the prolific prospects of Miles Garrett, um, safety Jabril Peppers, uh, of course Caleb Brantley, who was first round talent. We've talked about that before, and he slid all the way down to the sixth round. Um, the Browns are in an overhaul mode, and boys, it's showing. Um, wow. Right. And I mean, notice these picks that we're talking about, even what are they focusing on trying to revamp first the defense? Yeah. And as both of our favorite teams, what are they historically known for? Defense, baby. Exactly. (laughs) That's why we have championships. (laughs) Um, you know, my opinion, we may be seeing a turn in the tide and may have to, in fact, 
believe in Believeland. You like that? <laughs> that, 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 that I, I, I only make a face because, oh, my gosh, I thought that was gone after LeBron won last year. <laughs> not for the Browns, it's not. No. Nope. You still got to believe for the Browns. But, in, again, I, I am liking what I'm seeing out of Cleveland. I mean, th- this is – They're doing all the right oh, things right now. They're looking good. Staying in the AFC North, though, Baltimore Ravens tight end Dennis Pitta has suffered his third, not his first, not his second, his third dislocated hip injury. Pitta was injured during an OTA practice. Although no long-term decision has been made from Pitta or the Ravens, one has to wonder, how much longer does Pitta have left in the tank? How much does he have left in the tank? Personally, I think Pitta should call it a career. He has missed 41 games to his to hip injuries since 2013, and that's not going to go away anytime soon. He's no. getting older. Not to mention in 2014, he signed a five-year deal worth $32 million, 16 of which is guaranteed. That's a lot of cap space being used up. And while, yes, it's not all guaranteed, it still is being used up. Oh, yeah. And that's a lot of space that could be used elsewhere. For mm-hmm. instance, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but – Man, they could really use another wide receiver, couldn't yeah, they? They? Yeah. <laughs> um, they could. They could use a lot of weapons. Uh, and you know, and Dennis Pitta isn't the only problem. Obviously, Joe Flacco, his big contract—that's a huge deal, um, and it's taking up a lot of cap space. And it, boy, it's showing on their team too because they're just—they're slowly declining. You know what I mean? They're trying to stay afloat, and it's getting harder for them. Yep. Especially with the Browns making all the right moves, the Bengals trying to revamp themselves again. To you know, me not trying to be a homeboy fan. I think the Steelers are going to win the AFC North. However, I think the Browns give the Bengals and the Ravens a run for their money with all the moves they're doing, and, mm-hmm. as, and as slowly uh, as the Bengals and the Ravens are declining. Definitely have a good push to get that second. Spot. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of teams getting rid of players, we were just talking about the Ravens getting a wide receiver. Jeremy Macklin has been released by the Chiefs. Yes, big news this week. Big news. I think it shocked everybody. It obviously shocked Jeremy Macklin. Wow. Um it shocked Alex Smith. I mean, right there, there you go. There's, you know, two people that definitely affected. I, I wasn't shocked. That's because I didn't like him in the first place. That's right. <laughs> this has freed up $10 million of cap, st- cap space, excuse me, uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs also have, have to eat $7.2 million in the salary and decided to split the dead money over the course of the next two years, $2.4 million in 2017 and $4.8 million in 2018 according to overthecap.com and NFL.com. Yeah. Okay. Um, Macklin obviously had no inclination that this was going to happen. Um, but like Macklin said, and I quote, crazy business this is. And that's exactly, and I end quote there. And that's exactly what the NFL is. It's a business. Now, in my opinion, I think the Chiefs should have restructured his contract or should have traded him, right? Right. And I mean, you're a big advocate of – Trading mm-hmm. is more beneficial than just releasing a guy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, there is still plenty of value for Macklin, obviously, and and they could have at the minimum gotten something out of him or kept him for less money, which I he could have agreed to only because look at the season he had last year. Um, but that's not what happened. And now we will see what I call a frenzy, and it will be a frenzy, my friends. Frenzy, my friends. Yeah. And Sue in a wide-out hungry league. The top teams who I believe – will be after Jeremy Macklin, and are in fact several. Like I said, there will be a frenzy. Yes. It, Jeremy Macklin's phone and his agent's phone is going to blow up. Would you agree with that? I agree with that, yeah. 
And you know the first team you have on here. <laughs> the first team I have on here. Yeah. The Bears. Right. And, I mean, it only makes sense. It would make a ton of sense. Yes. Seeing how they lost their top threat in Jeffrey. We've talked about that many times. Yes. They did pick up Cruz, Marcus Wheaton, Kendall Wright, and Reuben Randall. and already have Meredith. But Macklin would boost this offense tremendously. Right. Um, then, I mean, they lost Jeffrey. And yeah. really, they, he would have, Jeffrey would have cost him a crap ton of money. Yeah. I think you guys can get Macklin cheaper and still have your starting wide receiver, your number one guy. And I think that would just boost whoever the quarterback is, whether it be Glennon or Trubisky. Right. Would and you like it? I, I, As much as I don't like Macklin as a player, I would welcome him to the team. Well said. Yes. The next team that I would like to mention is um, let their stud receivers uh, leave. Sorry. Sorry, I messed that up. I am, of course, talking about, again, the Cleveland Browns. They let yeah. their stud wide receiver go, Terrell Pryor. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they're going to eat Brock Osweiler. Some people might have gave you a look like, yeah, we just talked about the Bears letting their stud guy go. But, yeah, the Browns did the exact yeah, same thing. Yeah, exactly. They would definitely, the Browns, benefit signing Macklin right away. Right. He would be their number one guy, just like the Bears. And on top of that, they would have the cap space to sign him and the way they have been going at it, at it this offseason, I wouldn't put it past the Browns. And just like you said, they've made the correct move time and time again this offseason. Mm-hmm. What's not to say they make another correct move in getting Macklin? Yeah, I, I just I – I, again, I wouldn't put it past the Browns. Mm-hmm. A team – moving on, a team that not a lot of people would consider or would say to be in the Macklin sweepstakes – yes, I'm calling it a sweepstakes – is the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. Interesting. The, when you told me about this, I was very intrigued by it. Yes, yes, yes. The Cardinals could absolutely benefit from the signing of Macklin. And Dallas says, and yet still bottom beaters. I'm, I'm wondering if he's saying about the Bears for you. Probably. probably. <laughs> um, or the Browns. Even, um, anyways, the no. Cardinals would definitely benefit from signing Macklin. They do have future Hall of Famer Larry Fitzgerald, obviously. And they do have John Brown. But they lost Michael Floyd. Right, to DUI, and they were just tired of his crap. Um, and having Macklin as their number two guy could be what he needs to get back on track. Plus, the Cards offense needs to help an aging Carson Palmer out as much as possible. As soon as possible, yes. Yeah. Um, I would love to see him on the Cardinals. That offense would be scary. Yeah, and he, I mean, he really just replaces – Floyd, and you would have Brown and Floyd on the outside and Fitzgerald over the middle. Absolutely. And, again, it, it only makes sense for yeah. the Cardinals. It would be, it would be good for them. Um, Bruce Arians would love to have him on his offense. That is for sure. Uh, we do just got a caller. We do have a caller. We do. Would you like me to pull him up? Sure. Go ahead. All right. Yep. Thank you for calling Straight Football Talk. This is Teddy the Bear Tate and Super Mike. How are you doing today? Hey, good. This is uh, Magic Mike. I wanted to welcome you guys to the network. Oh, thank, well, thank you, you very much. Yeah. And, uh, like and also I wanted to talk about what you guys were just talking about with Macklin. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but uh, I, I think, and this is my personal opinion, I think he should go to Buffalo. I was just, I was just getting to that. that. Actually, you saying that, um, it would make a ton of sense, right? Him going to Buffalo, the Bills would – could use him, and it, he would arguably be their number one guy, number two guy. 
you know, it, it would make a lot of sense since the Buffalo Bills decided mm-hmm. to get rid of every wide receiver in the building <laughs> and keep a, yeah, you know, that, that's a, you know, that, that's, that tells you right there um, where, um, you know, where the Buffalo Bills priorities are. But I, I, I don't know. I would like to see, I would like to see him come to Buffalo and I, and I love what Buffalo did with the draft. So, you know, getting wide receiver yeah. makes sense. So Magic Mike, um, would you say that you're a Buffalo Bills fan? Then I just want to clarify that. Oh, I'm a I'm a huge Buffalo Bills. I'm I'm a huge <laughs> Buffalo Bills fan. I have a Buffalo Bill tattoo on my arm <laughs> <laughs> with the number twelve under it. So you know I'm a big Buffalo Bill fan. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, my yeah. dad was actually a, a Bills fan, so that's that's pretty cool. But listen, uh, Magic Mike, we're going to keep going on our show here. We appreciate your call. Oh, definitely, man. Just keep it up, man. This, uh, you know, and I want everybody to know that that you can listen to the show every Sunday. Every Sunday, right? You guys are going to be here. Yep. Every, every Sunday. Sunday at eleven. Yep. All right, man. I I I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Keep on. Keep up with the good work, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, All right. Magic Mike. Thank you. you got it. All right, moving on. Magic Mike is right. The next team, another team that may not seem like they would need Macklin, but trust me, they do. I'm referring to the Buffalo Bills. Right, and this was a very good sneaky pick. Thank you. Uh, And I'm glad Magic Mike thinks so, too. Think about it for a moment. Watkins would technically be the number one guy, right? But no. Um, If he stays healthy. If he stays healthy. That's the problem with uh, Sammy Watkins. I love Sammy. I was very excited to see him come out of Clemson. Uh, He just can't stay healthy. Um, but when he is, yeah, he's scary. Yeah, I mean, when he when he is, he's the number one guy. Yeah. You know, not to mention they lost Robert Woods to free agency to right. the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Um, and after Watkins, they have Billy Brown, Andre Holmes. Uh, you know, not the greatest guys, but they're decent. Um, yeah, and I mean, some of the, you see some of those names like Holmes, for example, is definitely an over the middle guy. Mm-hmm. Billy Brown might benefit more being an inside guy. Also, yeah, but. I mean, that was definitely a good special teams move for the yep. uh, Buffalo Bills as well. Um, but, again, let's just say those additions aren't wowing anybody, right? Right. So, again, Macklin to the Bills, that would be sneaky. That and I could be. see it happening. And I think that would be an interesting fit for him. Yes. Of course, Tyra Taylor, Taylor would love that too. Yes. <laughs> so would all the other quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, that would get him. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. We could sit here and talk about the Jets or the 49ers. However, personally, I don't know how much Super Mike feels just yet, but personally, I don't see Macklin going that route, any of those routes. Um, with San Fran, they have Hoyer, and if Macklin is interested in not going to a competitor, then look no further. And the Jets, you could say the same thing. Um, at the moment, they're having their own QB struggles themselves. And, yes, they did lose Brandon Marshall, and it would make sense for them to fill that void. I just don't see Macklin himself going yes. to the team that has and been practically a retirement home prep team. Retirement right. home prep. And build off that, it, I think it comes down to what Macklin wants. Right. Uh, a lot of teams we are mentioning are, like, just missing that one or two pieces. Yeah, yeah, we, and we I mean, really are. The Bears last year just – had a whole bunch of IR guys. Yep. Everyone was going on the IR. Uh, the Browns, they're rebuilding, but in three years, 
who knows what they will be. You know who I also forgot to mention with the Bears was Kevin White. You know yeah. why I forgot to mention him? Because he's hurt all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, in, he's in contract mode too, isn't he? Yeah, he, he's got to be. <laughs> I forgot to mention Kevin White when we were talking about the Bears, but it's hard to forget about him, or it's easy to forget about him, excuse me. Um, now, I know some some of these listeners are going to say, hey, wait a minute. What about the Ravens? Well, we talked about with Pitta, but look no further than their quarterback, Joe Flacco. Okay, it's not all Flacco's fault, but his salary is not helping. That is for sure. Well, and again, we've talked about this. When he won that Super Bowl, to get this contract, yep. it's been such a terrible contract for yep. the Ravens. Yep. Yes, he deserved it, but a lot of the greats would take less yes. money just so just that to, he Just to help have... the team, yes. Tom Brady, Big, Big Ben, they've all done that. All the greats have done that. You know, Those are just two names that come right to your head right away. Um, it seems like every year I'm reading up an alert saying Big Ben restructures his contract, Tom Brady restructures his contract. You know what I mean? Every year there's at least one of them. Um, Granted, a lot of them also have other advertising deals. but Right. And, again, it's not, it's, it's not all Flacco's fault. His right. salary is not helping. But are, would they, are the Ravens interested um, or would be interested in Macklin? Would they benefit signing, from, signing Macklin? The answer to that is absolutely. Mm-hmm. Arguably the most wide-out needy team in the league. They do have Mike Wallace. They do have Rashad Perriman. But, honestly, that's about it in some reliable targets. Um, right, because and, yeah. Steve Smith, yeah. yeah. And, again, like we have mentioned earlier, the Ravens lost Dennis Pitta to yet another hip injury. They lost Steve Smith in retirement. And, again, Wallace is decent, but Perryman, he's been hurt. He's been really lackluster. And to say the least, this team is desperate to get Flacco weapons. So why wouldn't they? Um, well, remember when I said look no further than Flacco. Again, will the um, – excuse me, his contract needs to be restructured to, to even remotely get Macklin or even think about getting Macklin. Right. Um, you know, they hardly have any cap space, and they, could, they will have to mess with the roster and salary cap. But if they can, it will be a match that would be a fit for both sides. Macklin, obviously the number one guy to throw to for Flacco, um, like he would want to be, you know. Right. And the Ravens get their, give their offense a much-needed boost, you know. Um, it would just be a match made in heaven for both sides. But, again, <laughs> Flacco – and Dennis Pitta, these these older guys are just keeping money down. They're tying money down. Right. And I think, I, in all honesty, it comes down to will Joe Flacco see what's best for the team or see what's best for him? Yeah, I agree. He's already got the ring. You know, mm-hmm. he's got the Super Bowl MVP. What, what is he concerned about? Is he go, ready to go back to another Super Bowl? Or is he worried about getting the big payday? Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. Wherever Macklin ends up, he will help out the team that signs him. That's, that's a given, even if he doesn't produce. Um, one thing to say, Macklin coming – if you got Macklin in 2014 when he was in Philly, his last year in Philly, yep. you would be ecstatic. Uh, 2015 Macklin, he was decent. He was good. Um, last year, it was uh, abysmal, to be honest. It, was, it wasn't very good. And, I mean, we've talked about this too – we think it's more Alex Smith doesn't throw the touchdowns to yep. receivers than. Yep. Again, we're going to be talking about talking about with the Chiefs draft grades and yep. uh, who they drafted, especially the one in the first round. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, Alex Smith does not throw, hard, hardly throw past 10 yards. Um, 
he's not a deep thrower. And it's, it obviously affected Macklin. Um, Tyreek Hill affected Macklin. Travis Kelsey affected Macklin. You know, again, I just – I think it was good for Macklin to even get out. I mean, it, 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 it might have helped him. You know what I mean? Right. And, yes, Alex Smith can throw it down the field, but is he accurate when it's down the field? No. Right. So. Right. Um, again, guys, number to call in on our radio station, 718-508-9883. If you want to talk about Macklin, you want to talk about any of our NFL buzz talks, Browns, Dennis Pitta, anything like that. Even our draft grades. Even, even our draft, yeah, draft grades coming up. Give us a call. But let's hit these draft grades. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Cincinnati Bengals. Cincy. My wife's team, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, John Ross, wide receiver out of Washington, round one, pick number nine. The first thing that comes to my mind with this kid is speed. Setting a new record in the 40-yard dash at the combine, running a 4-2-2. Yes. And not only did it show at the combine, it showed in game film that he mm-hmm. burnt. Burnt defensive backs. <clears throat> in 2016, Ross had uh, received 81 catches for 1,150 yards and 17 touchdowns. Those touchdowns tied for the nation's uh, for second in the nation. Able to earn him second All-American and first team All-Pac-12 honors. Not bad. Another were uh, noteworthy is his 133-inch vertical. Mind you, he may only be 5'11", but, man, he's got some hops. Yeah. (laughs) The uh, thing that the Bengals should be concerned with, though, well, first off, he's undersized. Um, Not only only is he 5'11", he's like 188 pounds. Um, You know, even though you're able to jump high and run fast, um, he's still small, and that doesn't bode well where he's playing at. not trying again. No bias. No BS folder here on straight football talk, guys. Um, they they should be concerned with his size because they have to pay attention to his history. But again, it's where the division he's playing in. Right. He's injury prone. He's undersized, and he's playing in the AFC North. That division. How uh, <laughs> do I want to say this? The AFC North plays old school tackling, right? It's old school football up there. Uh, it's hard smash mouth. In-your-face, gritty, hard-nosed football. And I'm not sure if I can see Ross having a long, healthy career with all those factors in play. His undersized. I mean, he's fast. He can jump. But he's injury-prone. And, again, he's playing in a tough division. It's like the NFC North. Right. And, I mean, he's going to be moved around all yeah. over inside-outside receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely got to worry about – getting hit by the linebackers over the middle. But mm-hmm. Josh Brown just mentioned maybe small, but look at Julian Edelman. I mean, I can bring up Johnny Knox. Right, you can bring up a bunch of small guys. The only thing is is his injury history. Exactly. He yeah. already has a history, and that doesn't bode well normally. No, again, especially in the AFC North. Or, yeah. I mean, any of these, these smash-mouth football divisions. Again, like I said, the NFC North would be another one. Moving on from John Ross. Joe Mixon, running back out of Oklahoma. Royal One boy. One of the most controversial players. Royal yeah. boy. Uh, round two, pick number 16 in the second round. Start off with this. MJD, I'm not going to quote him, has come out and said that well, Joe Mixon is the best running back in the 2017 draft. For those who don't know, yeah. MJD is Maurice, Maurice Jones Drew. Yep. Um, he would know a thing or two about a good running back, right? You would hope. You would hope. <laughs> you would hope. 
And I'm not sure if I want to agree with MJD just yet because of the running back talent that was in this draft. Look, looking at this prospect without the assault case, um, this kid is a first to second round worthy talent, right? Right. I've said it before, and I'm not afraid to say it again, but when you, you add assault on top of it, I'm not even sure that I pulled the trigger on him at all, let alone the second round. Um, of course, the Bengals. I was about to say, yeah. I was <laughs> going to say it, but then I thought that was the next thing you were going to say. The, the Bengals do have a history of taking players with off-the-field issues, don't they? Yep, and it's all Marvin Lewis saying, you know, we'll fix them. And yeah. then they just let them be them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're they're comfortable with drafting mixing, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, would you you agree with that, too? Yeah. They're comfortable with I was it? Ex- in all honesty, I was expecting Mixon, just not this early. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, looking at Mixon as just a player, though, I would like to uh, have seen him stay another year. We said that way earlier in our segments on our Facebook yes. live video feed. Um, by the way, if you guys haven't liked our Facebook page, please like our Facebook page. Um, <clears throat> uh, last year, his sophomore year, right, he came into this league after his sophomore year. He had 187 rushing attempts for 1,274 yards for an average of 6.8 yards per carry. His average per carry was 6.7 yards his freshman year, so it really hasn't changed that much from the two right. years. Um, and 10 touchdowns for last year. Now Mixon comes into a crowded backfield, and we'll have to he's earn – Part of a crowded backfield, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's part of it. He signed his deal now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has to earn his starting role, but that shouldn't be too hard of a task. With Jeremy Hill underwhelming last year and Giovanni Bernard not being able to stay healthy mm-hmm. – one would have to think he's got a shot at being a, the starting running back for the Bengals. Right. And what I was talking about was at Oklahoma, he split time with Perrine. Yes, Samadji Perrine. Yep. That is correct. But, yeah, I mean, having Jeremy Hill on fantasy last year was very underwhelming. So yeah. we got rid of him, and, of course, he started picking up his game a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but moving on from yes. uh, Joe Mixon, we'll be talking about that a little bit more here at the the, um, the roundup of the Bengals draft. Uh uh, the Bengals' next pick, Jordan Willis, defensive end out of Kansas State, round three, pick number nine. Some experts had him going in the first second round. So in that aspect, the Bengals got an excellent pickup um, at, at here especially, right? I mean, it was good. Um, they have needs on defense. Willis is a three-year starter for Kansas State and was a productive player on that team. Um, he, he was productive by him getting 74 solo tackles, 39 assisted, and a total of 113 tackles, uh, 39 and a half of which were for a loss, 25 and a half sacks. Last year, he was able to earn himself Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, as well as third team All American. I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. He went it's Defensive Player of the yeah. Year, but then he's only a third team All American. That made no sense to me whatsoever. It's, well, you got to consider All Americans are all the conferences. That's true. So there's probably some Big Ten players, some SEC players, some Pac-12 players. I suppose. So I, think I, I, think, I think he got robbed. I think he got robbed. I think second team makes sense. Yeah, but third team just – he got robbed. Yeah. Um, well, and sorry, but it's a political thing. Uh, yeah, very much Kansas so. Kansas State's not a big school. Yeah, and again, the Heisman Trophy winner. Sorry, not trying to talk college football, guys. It's NFL football. But Heisman, it's all political there, too. Yep. Name. Anyways. Head coach Bill Snyder of Kansas State um, was quoted in saying, and I quote, Willis is the epitome of Kansas State football, end quote. 
Coach Snyder has seen a lot of players go through his program since he has led his team since 1989. Yeah, and there was a brief period where he wasn't. But right, I it was mean, like three years. Back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I look for Willis to have a nice rotational role on this defense in the upcoming season. He's going to get some time playing. Oh, yeah. I, there's no doubt in my mind Jordan Willis gets some time playing for the Bengals. Now, this next player yeah, has been compared to one of the Ohio boys a lot, and the mm-hmm. Ohio boy went – earlier, mm-hmm. and this guy was at one point a first, second round pick. He was. I'm talking about Carl Lawson, outside linebacker out of Auburn. Mm-hmm. Round four, pick number nine. Yet another guy that fell to the Bengals. The Bengals doubled down and grabbed another um, outside linebacker defensive end guy, right? Yeah. I mean, they were, him and Willis both were on the line and linebacker. I think Willis is going to be the more Defensive line guy, though. So you had him at defensive tackle, not. End. No, it's end. It's end. Yeah. Okay, I re- misread that. That's thing. okay. Yeah. Um, they they grab a um, they grab Lawson in the fourth round. Um, although he was projected to go third round, I did look that up. He was projected mm-hmm. to go third round this year. Um, this Tiger had his fair share of ups and downs. The Bengals will be sure to have Lawson get to work early on. He needs to learn how to go into coverage, um, but I do see the Bengals using him as a pass rusher. Um, Yes, even at linebacker. He's going to, you know, and you can, you just can never have too many edge rushers, right? Right, and with the 3-4, there's mm-hmm. usually the designated edge rusher also. We we'll still uh, give four guys. Right, rushing. right. Yeah. Um, in 2016, Lawson was able to get 16 tackles, 14 assisted for a total of 30, 14 of which were for a loss, and he had nine and a half sacks and one forced fumble. Good enough to get him first team all AC, or all SEC, almost an ACC. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad. He's a, he's Auburn Tiger, not a Clemson Tiger. Um, I like what the Bengals did here. Yes, Lawson uh, has some injuries, uh, but he was still able to produce. And when he did play, he managed to stay um, healthy. You know, he, he's been trying to keep himself healthy and, from getting injured. Um, one of the things I like most about this pick is that they didn't reach for him. They lost some guys on defense, and now they're trying to reload and keep the Bengals' claws sharp. But the, the best part is they didn't reach for Carl Lawson. Right. He was projected third. He came down in the fourth. They just shot, took a shot on him. Right. You know? And like I said, early on in the draft process for a second round, Yeah. after seeing all what he can do, got yeah. down to the third and got him in the fourth. It's, yeah. It worked out for the Bengals. worked out for them, and I'm sure he'll benefit from it. I'm, uh, he hopes. Yeah, he hopes. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on from Carl Lawson, Josh Malone, wide receiver out of Tennessee. Yeah. Round four, pick 22. By the way, guys, the Bengals have third, three fourth-round picks, so we've got another fourth-rounder coming up. This Bengals offense struggled without A.J. Green last year. So not only did they try to help bring a weapon to Ailey Dalton in the first round, but now they have drafted yet another wide receiver in the fourth of this draft. One of the first things you will notice is this kid's 6'3 size, and I think he's 208 pounds. Um, the Bengals will love – to have A.J. Green and Malone in the red zone so they can use their size, uh, size to get score, uh, score obviously. Yes. You know, both of A.J. Green and Malone will be good red zone threats. Um, coming out of high school, Malone was a top five receiver and decided to stay in state and go with the Volunteers. He managed to become a starter in six games in, tw- in the 2014 season, and then he became a full-time starter in his sophomore year. But his junior year, last year, he came out, came out nicely, catching 50 passes, for 972 yards and 11 touchdowns. Nice, right? I mean, yeah, that's yeah, solid. Those are very solid numbers. Um, the Bengals are doing what they can in order to give Dalton the weapons he needs 
to get this offense back on track. And picking up Malone will help. He's a good locator of the ball. I remember watching, I watched film of him. He can locate that ball when it's thrown deep. And again, to be, uh, be sure to watch the Bengals use his size against smaller defensive backs. I think they'll do that a lot, even though he's a rookie. Right. And, I mean, with the 11 touchdowns, you can just tell that's red zone. Yeah, red zone. He didn't have a, a bunch of yards, but he had a lot of the red zone targets. So, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, so, now they've got John Ross on top of uh, Malone. Yeah. They already, they already the new and well, Jones. Well, they already had A.J. Green. Right. They have uh, Brandon LaFell. And then they drafted Tyler Boyd last year. Mm-hmm. So, their receiver tandem is pretty nice. I do like it. Moving on from Malone, last fourth-round pick for the Bengals, Ryan Glasgow, University of Michigan, defensive tackle, round four, pick number 32. Third pick in the fourth round, I said that earlier. Bengals looking to make an impact and trying to be contenders in the AFC North. That is showing with them having three first, uh, three first, three fourth round picks. Would be nice to have three first like the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> Another defensive pick that was solid and will help. Yes. Do you think the Bengals noticed their defense was ranked 21st overall? Oh yeah. I think they noticed that. I think they noticed. <laughs> I like this pick. Another gritty, hard nosed player out of the Big Ten, which just seems to have similarities in the AFC North, right? Big Ten football, AFC North football yeah. has a lot of similarities. Um. Ryan made sure to get noticed this last season by getting 39 tackles, nine and a half for the loss, and four sacks, which gave him second team all Big Ten and defensive lineman of the year. The Bengals kind of messed up. If you yeah. Think about it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Bengals did lose uh, Pico, Peco, however you want to say it. Okay. Yeah. Um, amongst other Bengal defensive players. And they look to fill that void with Glasgow. Not saying he's going to replace Peco, but again, when you draft somebody to, for that position, could happen. I think our good buddy, awesome Austin Thomas, how you doing, buddy? Said it best with his Bengals article, which if you haven't read, please get on our Facebook page, like the page, and read awesome Austin's article. Willis and Lawson, now Glasgow pick pickups for the future uh, of this defense. They're 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 trying to get this defense ready for the future yep. because people are getting older. And they should build a nice chemistry between one another and help the Bengals in years to come. I think Awesome Austin had it down right yep. there. You agree? Yes, You're just I saying agree. yes, you agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm more preparing myself for this next one. I know there will probably be a lot discussed yeah. that I have a few okay. tidbits about it. All right. Next pick. Yes. Jake Elliott, kicker out of Memphis, round right. five, pick nine. I didn't like his pick. You didn't? It was just because it's the fifth round, right? I think with this pick, there will – there were other needs that should have been taken care of. Okay. not saying this is a bad pickup. It's not. Elliott was a first-team All-American all four years. Nice. Yeah. He's the all-time leading scorer at Memphis. You nice. know who used to be the all-time leading scorer at Memphis? Who? He, he's won some championships with Tom Brady. Kicker. Oh, Stephen Gaskowski. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and Elliott has a nice deep boot. He does. He, he's done how many 50-yard-plus Field goals. There's been a bunch. A bunch. Yes. So what's the problem? I believe this was a little too early. Even if the, he is to be their next starting kicker, the Bengals need to address their O line way before their kicker, and this very well could bite them. Again, nothing against Elliott, but the O line is more press is a more pressing matter. And if this is just a camp leg, like Austin alluded to, that could be the possibility. They have they would have really whipped in the fifth round in my opinion. Right. And I think 
with Elliot, it was more of a, if I remember right, yep. Nugent was very inaccurate last year. Yeah, he wasn't the greatest. And just because of that, he's currently a free agent. So they Good. needed a kicker. Good. Then, Accurate kicker. If they – if I, I hope that's who they – I mean, if they drafted him in the fifth round, they better be wanting him to at least get some playing time, no matter what position, let alone if he's the kicker, he better be starting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, all right. So moving on from uh, Elliot, unless you had something else. Nope. Okay. That was it? Good. I like that. Nice and fast. J.J. Delman. 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 Center out of Utah. Round five. Pick number 33. Let me clear my throat for this. (laughs) So let me get this straight. The Bengals, you need O-line help, and you decide to wait until round five to address this issue. And when you do address the issue, it's a guy that only played five games last year. What did they say on NFL Fox Sunday? What did they say on Fox? Not so fast. No. Come on, man. Wrong one. I got, that was college football. Not that was football. Yeah, that was so. yeah. Come on, man. Delman wow. was team captain and was a starting center in 2016. In 2014 and 2015, he started all those games at right tackle. So at least he has, does play. And earned his second team all Pac-12 his junior year. So what do I like about this pick? Uh, it's that he's versatile. He's a big boy. 6'5", 309 pounds. 6'5", center. That's Ridiculous. <laughs> and it could possibly help revive this O line that need that is in need of saving. Now, I know I know you and Austin Austin were both kind of like, why did you wait? Yeah. Don't you try and do me? <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> Anyways, back to the topic at hand. So I know you guys were against waiting till the fifth round. Absolutely. A lot of Besides the early first-round picks, a lot of the ones that stay consistent throughout the league are the ones that come in the later rounds. It's true. Um, but, again, they, they've got Bowdine at center right now. And I think with uh, Delman playing right tackle for two years at Utah before, you know, in 2014, 2015, I think they're going to move him around to help the line. I think Bodine right. is the center, starting center. Um, Definitely could be a guard and tackle. Yeah, I guess, especially with his size, right? I mean, he's got the size for it. Um, I just, again, you wait till the fifth round. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it a little more after right. we give the grade. And I mean, Dallas just commented there was more valuable wide receivers at the time. There was more valuable everything. I mean, come on, come on, man. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Angles. I liked their draft up until round five. I was just uh, I liked it. And I loved it. Liked it. Jordan Evans, Oklahoma linebacker, round six pick. Man, I like his pick. As of right now, this is a depth pick slash special teams pick, and it was a good one. But yet again, the Bengals decide to neglect their offensive line. Maybe Bengals like seeing Andy Dalton on his back. Maybe. <laughs> Anyways, Evans was a solid three-year starter and was able to get 164 solo tackles. Yeah, yeah not bad. 117 assisted, giving us a total of 281 tackles, 21 of which were for a loss. Also getting three and a half sacks, five interceptions, two of which were scores, three forced or three fumble recoveries, and four forced fumbles. He is a nice size, six two, two hundred thirty three linebacker, yeah, yeah. and should be in need and will bring in needed depth on the Bengals D. Not to mention he's a good coverage guy. If he's getting all those tackles and not a whole lot of sacks, he's a good coverage guy. Mm-hmm. You like it? I mean, even the interception show, five interceptions over yeah. three years. So he's got that's, some hands. That's very good. Yeah. 
It's, it, that was a solid pick in the sixth round. Like it's like they they screwed up for a little bit, the hiccup, and then they come in the sixth round and go, okay, let's let's act like an NFL team again, right? Okay. This is not me being a Steeler fan either. This is just me wondering what the heck is going on. Brandon Wilson is the next pick, running back out of Houston, round six, pick twenty three. If I was to describe to you Wilson in one word, it would be wait for it. Should have a drum roll on this. Athlete. Playing running back, cornerback, as well as safety sometimes, and kick return. Can I just say, jack of all trades, master of none. In 2015, he was the only player in the nation to score multiple touchdowns on offense, defense, and special teams for NFL.com. Last year, he was named second-team All-American Athletic Conference, even though he had missed three games due to an injury. The Bengals will need to decide where to utilize Wilson's skills, and I believe it starts with special teams. But being versatile definitely has its upside, and he could not, and he could hold more value to the Bengals if he can produce. And again, if you're good at uh, multiple positions, th- your value stays there. You're worth more to, right. to the team and in the franchise. And I mean, one of the things we could think about with Wilson specifically, mm-hmm. he could play some defense for him, just yeah. as a rotational player. Yeah, just to give the you know DBs a break. Yeah. You know, let us come in, get a drink of water, get back out there. Next pick, Mason Shrek. We're not talking about Shrek off the movie. Tight end out of Buffalo, round seven, pick number 33. Let's be honest. Shrek is not going to take Eifert's starting gig anytime soon. However, let's be honest with ourselves. Bengals Nation. Bengals, any commission just commission just joined us. Yes, and he right? said John Ross is trash. Oh, <laughs> he's a Bengals fan, too. Yeah. But let's be honest with ourselves, Bengals Nation. Eifert is injury prone. Yes, he's good, but you can't make plays when you're on the bench due to an injury or you're not suited up, right? You can't make plays that way. Shrek brings in depth and competition. He plays to his size at 6'5", 253 pounds. He brings down tacklers with him and plays like a big man. One thing that Shrek does have is consistency, only dropping one out of 59 catches. As a tight end, that's pretty good. Well, it depends on how many times he was targeted. And playing for Buffalo, <laughs> he is a, also a good blocker. He has a nice balance between receiving and blocking tight ends. Yes. So if he can catch only dro- or drop one pass and he can block two, that's mm-hmm. a good tight end. That is a good tight end, especially in the seventh round. Yeah, and I mean, again, I don't see it happening because he's six five. But if they decided to put him as an H back somewhere, right, he would be a he'd be huge. big force to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> Bengals draft grade overall. I'm not going to even say it just yet. I like this draft a lot up until round five. Yes, they did get position of need throughout the draft, but they still have needs or had needs after their draft. My opinion, the run game they had last year was not anything to brag about, but neither was their O-line. And now they have lost some uh, pieces of that puzzle. So drafting a running back in the second, a controversial play, controversial player nonetheless, yes, doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you can't give a running back holes to run through or give your running back or quarterback the protection they need. I would have liked to have seen more thought out, a more thought-out plan in this draft board, like take an O-lineman in the second, like other teams did, and then get a running back in the third or fourth, like we saw with Kareem Hunt to the Chiefs. Alvin Kamara to the Saints, or the Dante Foreman 
James Conner, or Mixon's teammate that you brought up, mm-hmm. Samaje Perrine. If they would have done that, their grade would have probably been closer to an A and would have benefited them a lot more. That's why I gave them a B minus. It was almost a C plus for me. Right. It really was. Um, if I had to look over it, I think I would give a B. I don't think the misses you thought in the fifth round, I don't think are as devastating or just not as bad as you guys are thinking. You you say that until you see Dalton on his back every play. Wow. <laughs> I mean, he was before, and he was still passing it down the field pretty well for a while until he was out. Yeah. <laughs> Bengals, you could have done better. I'm sorry to say that. Just being brutally honest, no BS builder, no bias. Again, guys, if you want to be part of the conversation, call in at 718-508-9883. Excuse me. Something a little bit. Also, like our uh, Facebook page, Straight Football Talk. You can uh, join in on our live video feed and talk to us like that. We don't mind. Yeah, that's how a lot of people we have just comment on the feed. And... Yeah, I mean, they're, we like to see what people say. Yes. Moving on. Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, the boy. Big trades in the draft, yep. Yes. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, quarterback, Texas Tech, round one, pick 10. Boy, oh, boy. I'm going to say it again. Boy, oh, boy. Did the Chiefs make a splash in round one? Trading up to get their future franchise quarterback. I have raved about this kid for a while now, on record. And when I first started talking about Mahomes, uh, before we even did the podcast, I had a lot of people tell me, dude, he plays for Texas Tech. His numbers are inflated due to the system they use down at Tech. But I told them, go look at his tape. Don't just look at his numbers. Look at the game footage. Well, I didn't look at the numbers. I looked at the... (laughs) Wins and losses. Well, <laughs> well, now there are some more people sipping on the Patrick Mahomes Kool-Aid. I think what gets me is that he is the complete opposite of what the Chiefs have now in Alex Smith. I've said it before. Smith barely throws past 10 yards. And that has worked out for them in the sense of making it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I mean, they've right. got to the playoffs. They, they get to the playoffs. They just can't compete in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, Kansas City, Kansas City Nation wants more. I mean, I would. Well, now the question is not will Mahomes start, but when. Right. And even Alex Smith has come out and said, this feels a lot like Kaepernick. Yes, we do have a caller. Just now. I'll, fi- I'll finish the Mahomes thing. Okay. Caller, we, we see it. Just give us a little bit here. Again, this is a business, and you don't trade up and spend more money to get a quarterback just to ride the bench, right? I think something that makes the situation between Smith and Mahomes more interesting is the release of Jeremy Macklin. We saw the Chiefs' offense with Macklin last year, but what about him? What about without him? What about without Macklin, right? right. A, a quarterback that likes to dink and dunk all game without Macklin, man gonna might struggle i mean again he did not have the numbers last year he they still made playoffs though yeah so that's something they probably took into consideration if the chiefs are able to put up w's early in the season then i look for mahomes to ride the bench and learn from the veteran but if they put up l's on their schedule it could be very interesting to see what happens at the quarterback position in kansas city well another thing that would be very very interesting to see they get the W's early on. Yep. And say Alex Smith gets a concussion again. Oh boy. Just like before. Mm-hmm. 
and then we have Mahomes performing with some W's. Well, sp- speaking of before, you know, something that happened to before, not to mention there may be an Alex Smith trade brewing. No one's talked about it, Yeah. No, but people have speculated about it. You know, mm-hmm. could it happen? How funny would it be to see Alex Smith traded back to San Francisco? Who needs a quarterback? <laughs> now, are you, are you ready for the caller? Yes, I'm very ready now? for this caller. All right. Oh, caller, this is Straight Football Talk. How you doing, buddy? Hey, good. How are you? Doing great. Good. Uh, you want to, talk to speak on that that Bengals draft? Yeah. So, uh, I, I I guess I thought that uh, that the grade was a little low. I guess so. Speaking on their terms of their needs, I don't think they addressed the offensive line need, but I feel like they pretty right. much nailed all the other needs they had. I mean, they needed a backup tight end because their tight ends were injured constantly last year, whether it be Eifert, Croft. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those guys were constantly injured. Right. They uh, they lost uh, Pecco, and they replaced him with uh, Glaslow from Michigan. They uh, yep. they had they lost uh, Carlos Dansby, and they replaced him with um, either the guy from Auburn or um, – the, the awesome. pick before or, that, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, I, I think they, they, besides that John Ross pick, I think they pretty much nailed their needs. So I, I, I guess well, I'd, I'd give them a little bit higher of a grade. You give them a little bit higher. Well, and like uh, Super Mike said, he gives them a B, uh, yeah. a solid yeah. B. I gave them a B minus. They did address their um, some of their needs they had. I agree with you there. Um, again, but in order for this team to succeed, they need to be a, be able to let Andy Dalton in their running game. Um, be able to, you know, make plays. Um, their offensive line, like I said, they, they lost Whitworth. That was their top uh, offensive lineman. Yep, right. Um, they, they just le- lose um, to Denver. To the um, Browns? Yeah. Oh. Um, uh-huh. right, yeah, you said right to the Browns. There was another guy they lost to Denver. And when you only get one guy out of the fifth round who, like I said, has had previous injuries before, right. to me it just seemed like they totally whipped. I do – have them, however, what, picking up Nick Manbold from free agency. Yeah, I mean, I I, I feel I like, like that they did whiff in that first they first round pick, but all the other picks they definitely solidified other needs that they had. So that's why I give them a little bit so, higher. I, 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 I could agree with Mike with that B, but I think um, I think they did they did do pretty pretty solid with the rest of their picks. Right. Yeah. So um, are you but, so you're a fan of the Joe Mixon pickup then? Yeah, yeah, I, I do feel like maybe they could have gotten him a little bit later, maybe even traded down, gotten him a little later because it seemed like only four teams were interested in him. But right. um, it is what it is. But I, I, I think he could be an offensive rookie of the year candidate. I mean, you, you see that they, uh, they definitely have an interest in trading Hill. Um, Geo's out for probably well, going to be on the pup for six weeks. So who knows? The if, if they... On the Joe Mixon what thing. Yeah, yeah. You got to think that, yeah, they have Jeremy Hill, they have Giovanni Bernard, mm-hmm. but have they really had yeah. a big time running back? And Joe Mixon could be that big time running back. Yeah, that's, he very well could be. Again, I, I would I would have liked to have seen them go O line either in the first, <clears throat> and yeah. then the second, yeah. their wide receiver that they could have gotten or somebody else, and then in the third get the well, running uh, running back again. Um, they did right, pick they up did. a wide they receiver. Could, that's that's the whole point. I would have liked to see him trade down. Tra- I, honestly, I would have liked them to see, see that trade with the Chiefs happen one pick earlier, happen with the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Bengals trade down, get that Chiefs pick, get Ryan Ramzik or something like that. One of those solid needs. Mm-hmm. They'll continue with the rest of their draft, and I think they would have been fine, but it is what it is. Right, yeah. So. I, yeah. Like I said, um, 
first round for me would have been O-line, and then second round would have been somewhere at wide receiver instead. And then third round, I would have went running back with either like Kareem Hunt. We're going to talk about him with the Chiefs in a little bit. Yep. Um, yep. Again, Samaji Ryan's a powerful runner. Um, I, Kamara, who went for the Saints, I would again, I would love to have seen them do that. And if they would have done that, I would have gave them a B-plus to an A, minus A even, depending on who they would have gotten at. I just think they just kind of um, – Whiffed on that first pick. Whiffed. Complete whiff. Either it's going to be yeah, a very favored day. Yeah, I think it does start with John Ross. Yep. But, hey, we appreciate your call, and um, right. have a good day. Thanks. All right, and we do have a second caller. Put him on. All right. Caller, this is Straight Football Talk. You are talking to Teddy the Bear Tate and Super Mike. How you doing? Oh, Teddy, you know how I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, boys, listen. Listen, I'm I'm doing all right. Listen, I don't want that last caller to feel bad about that Joe Mixon pick. You're getting a a good running back. Listen, this this guy Mm -hmm. is a bull. I mean, he is a bull. You know, Mm off-field issues aside, the Bengals got to feel really, really good about Joe Mixon. Uh, He's got tremendous Mm -hmm. upsides. He's a guy that uh, he can carry the ball 30 times a game. He's going to get you a lot of yards. Um, he's a workhorse back, and that's really what right. uh, what you need in the AFC North. Um, still, I got to agree with you, Ted, on that uh, on the Bengals grade. Uh, I think they really dropped the ball. They should have gone O line early. O line early. Uh, Mixon was there. All the pieces for success to re- really revamp their offense in a big way, uh, especially in an, in a division that really you, you've got to be you've got to be solid in that running game. You just, you just cannot afford mm-hmm. to not have a strong and, offensive and line, and strong running North, game. Big D, I think you would agree with me too. In the AFC North, you got to, you got to pay the big boys, the big, right. You got to pay the big boy, the big money. Um, that's, that's yep. just the way it is. Um, especially in, in the, in the AFC North, uh, you've got, uh, you've got teams that traditionally have really hard hitting smash mouth, uh, pass rushers. Uh, you have you have teams that have really uh, really strong arm quarterbacks. Um, it's it's old school grinded out football, and you you've got to pay the big money to the big boys up front. Uh, you got to you got to pay them, and you got to feed them. Uh, that's that to me. The Bengals, I, I would have graded them higher if they had if they had picked up a Ryan Ramzek, if they had if they had gone o- offensive mm-hmm. line. I think receivers were secondary in this draft for the Bengals. Uh, based so on what was would still available. Would you agree with our last caller, then, Big D, that they should have, uh, instead of drafted, drafting John Ross, they should have went with O-line in the first round, then? Would you agree with that? I don't think I don't think I would have gone first round, uh, open, offensive line right off the bat, necessarily. Uh, I, I don't think John Ross mm-hmm. is a bad pickup. I think there were better receivers available uh, than John Ross. I think that's where they where they may have dropped it. Um Okay. But I, I think I think other than that, I think they didn't really do bad, but they just didn't invest enough. I'm not I'm not ready to buy on their draft. Uh, they didn't invest enough in the offensive line. And on the topic of Mahomes, guys, I know I know I'm a little bit biased. <laughs> went, went to Texas Tech, but I had the privilege of watching Mahomes play. Uh, I watched his first ever snap. Uh, this is a kid yep. that uh, watched his star quarterback get. Hurt, have a season-ending 
in, injury in the first game of the season that he played in right. uh, and came in and threw a 65-yard touchdown pass on his back foot <laughs> for, <first snap. laughs> for his first snap uh, and then proceeded to yeah. throw five more touchdown passes. Uh, so yeah. this is a guy that's used to high pressure. He's used to being harassed in the pocket and with the offensive line that Kansas City's got and it continues to improve. Uh, he's not going to get harassed, and I think defenses need to be a lot more scared uh, than they were yeah, they do. when he was in college um, because yep. a guy that can throw on the run like that who now no longer has to run and can use the full strength of his arm, um, yes. that's dangerous. You're, dangerous. You're, pre- you're preaching there, Big D. Listen, we're going to keep going on our segment, but I appreciate your call. Yep, no problem, guys. Keep it See up. See you, buddy. All right, guys, moving on on the Kansas City Chiefs draft. Tano, Passag, I always screw this one up. Passag, Passag, none, Passag, none. There we go. Um, Defensive end out of Villanueva. Villanueva. Villanova, that's a lineman for Steelers. Wow. Villanueva is also a former basketball player. Yeah. Defensive end out of Villanova. Yeah. (laughs) Round two, pick number 27. from colors. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me just say for this kid, big man. Yes. Big man. 6'7", 289 pounds. Big man. Big man. <laughs> and I, I know some – I know the Jaguars years ago used to have people just like that. 6'7". Yeah. Huge, huge on the defensive line. The Chiefs realized their defense is not getting any younger and hopefully found a piece to bring – uh, youth to it. In 2016, he was able to earn first team Associated Press FCS uh, All-American, being ranked sixth in the FCS, getting 21 and a half tackles, or I believe that was sacks, something like that, said tackles, excuse me, with fifth for 11 sacks. There we go. He's a raw athlete, but could become a difference maker in this defensive line and more than likely become a starter on the D-line. He will have a learning curve and will have to adjust to the play of the NFL. But, again, his frame, his athleticism should be just fine. Should it... So, my thoughts on yep. this, I see the 21-and-a-half tackles. Yeah. He's not a speed rusher. He's not going to, like, just rush as hard as he can. Right. His burst isn't that great either. I remember right. that, too. Um, but 11 sacks still, mm-hmm. that's impressive. Yeah, that's so um, good. The the other thing I look for him to be very good at at the next level, they're going to definitely tell him to get his hands up. Oh, yeah. You know, the Watt brothers would like to knock down those passes. This guy is going to have an easier time knocking those Especially as, as big as this kid is. Oh, yeah. He's huge. Moving on. Yep, moving on. Kareem Hunt. I love this. I love this kid. Running back out of totally do Toledo. Round three, pick number 22 in the third round. The Chiefs have good running backs right now, but Adding Hunt was a smart move. Not they they lost Jamal Charles, and they now have more running back at the position. But this kid can't produce. He almost getting five thousand career rushing yards, four thousand nine hundred forty-five. Hunt brings a run game that the Chiefs had when Charles was playing healthy. Elusive, a lot more elusive than you would think for a size five ten, two hundred sixteen pounds. Even though he played for the Rockets. He stepped up with, um, when his team uh, needed, to, needed him to against tougher opponents. The reason this kid was not talked about as much, um, in my opinion, is the other running backs uh, that were in this 
uh, draft class. Right, right, like Fournette and Cook. Right, and, right, right. Um, but also he was a smaller school guy. I mean, that, that had a lot to do with it. How many times do we see that? All you the know? time. All the time. time. Yeah. Um, if you don't believe me, go back and watch his film. You're going to like what you see. I guarantee it. I didn't like what I saw. <laughs> but that was because it was against the Bobcats. Right. right, right. <laughs> but no like, bias. No bias. No, no BS. No bias. All right. I will say this, though. The Rockets did have him pass once. This is a little fun fact for you. Oh, back in 2013, he had one passing attempt that was intercepted. So for his passing stats, he has one attempt, no completions for negative 45 yards for a QB rating of minus 200. Wow. <laughs> well, he's not taking out Smith. Nope. Just not, he's definitely not. Nope. <laughs> Good thing they had Mahomes for that. It's true. Next up, Jehu Chesson, wide receiver, University of Michigan, round four, pick number 33. Nice size. Um, red zone size, 6'3". Nice. Right. 208 pounds, somewhere on there, 218, somewhere, something like that. It's, I mean – we're not going to get hung up on weight a little bit unless he's really underweight or overweight. But, again, right. he's right there where he needs to be. If Chesson would have left after his 2015 season, he would have been drafted higher. Bank on that. Bank on it. His junior year, he caught 50 catches for 764 yards and nine touchdowns, earning him Michigan's Bo Beckler Award as the team's MVP. But in 2016, his production – and promise fell of you could blame either on his knee injury in the bowl game from uh, the 2015 bowl game that he played mm-hmm. in, or you could blame it on the new quarterback they had. Either way, his production took a dive in 2016, only catching 35 passes for 500 yards and two touchdowns. With Macklin gone, it raises the question: Who will take his spot? And it's honestly anyone's job. Anyone's job for taking, including Chester. Right, and if he was able to actually heal that knee, mm-hmm. that was what it was, right, knee injury? Yeah. Okay, but so if he was able to heal the knee after this season, like ice it and just make sure it's swollen, get more work with it, get used mm-hmm. to it, he he could step up. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, I mean, I'm in looking at their draft so far, I'm more surprised they didn't try to double down on the receivers if I, this was already planned. Well, it well, I don't know if it was planned just yet because, I mean, obviously the, Macklin hap- the release happened after the draft, so right. I don't know if that was planned. Um, and with it not – if it wasn't planned, man, that was some poor front management, front office. You know what right. I mean? That was um, – they've got Chris Conley. I mean, I, he would be the next guy, I would think. Um, I mean, obviously Tyreek Hill is going to be their number one guy. Um, I love Commissioner's comment, M&T, bank audit moment. <laughs> Anyways, moving on from Chesson. Ukime Elegue, I did say that correctly, linebacker, Georgia Southern, round five, pick 40. Unfortunately, the Chiefs waited until round five to address their need at linebacker, but at least they filled it. Standing at 6'2", 239 pounds. Big boy, though. Elegway has a nice size and will fit into the Chiefs 3-4 scheme as well. I mean, that's 240 almost is huge. Last year, he was the – excuse me. Last year, his only year for playing Georgia Southern, he recorded 104 tackles, 11 of which were for a loss, and three forced fumbles, earning him honorable mention, all Sun Belt pick. With Justin Houston – Tom Bahali and Derek Johnson all getting older, but all being starters. Elegway will need to make an impact on special teams before he can earn his role in the Chiefs defense. But who better 
what better linebacker core of veterans would you want to learn from? Yeah, oh, my God. I love that. Yeah, and you don't have his 40 time up there, but, I mean – He's a big boy. He's he's hefty. I don't think they they listed it for me. Okay. Um, NFL.com, of course. Having said that, I like the pick. Mm-hmm. I think they waited a little too long to get linebacker, which will affect their draft rate. Of course it does. Of course it does. But again, uh, I I'm I'm interested to see how this kid does. This yep. could be interesting. Moving on from Elagway, Leon McQuay the third, safety the third. The third. <laughs> oh, the third. Safety out of USC, round six, pick number 35, his senior year, and his only one full-time starting year. He was able to accumulate 50 tackles for four, four loss and two interceptions. McQuay has the necessary components to be a good safety. He's fast, he has good ball skills, and good athleticism. But his awareness is very concerning, and, is easy, and it's easily his biggest issue. And for being a safety awareness is what you need. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see him starting as of now, but he is a good backup. You know, he'll he'll definitely be the backup and be on special teams. But he gets to learn from Eric Barry. Yep, and that's just what Commissioner said. Yes. Yep. And, I mean, that can only help him. Exactly. Uh, I, especially with Barry flirting with free agency. Yeah. Holy crap. This year. Yeah. All right. Are you ready, Super Mike? Yeah. Draft grade? Yeah. Chiefs, Once again, I yeah. think I'm going to be a, a more optimistic outcome. You're going to be a little higher than me? Yeah. The Chiefs did not have a lot of picks to address the issues that they had, but they did have a solid draft. Filled those spots, and we'll work with what they have. This team situation is an interesting one. They are on the cusp of potentially not making playoffs. Especially with Mack and Young. Yep. And to be honest, it's boiling down to Alex Smith's gameplay and the Chiefs' defense getting older. They will have a hard time competing in the AFC West. And if, I'm saying it like that, if they get back to the playoffs, they will have a much harder time taking down the Patriots and the Steelers. Honestly, again, if they get back to the playoffs, they will not be heading to the Super Bowl. At this moment, their team as a whole cannot hang with the Patriots or the Steelers to make it to the promised land. Do you agree with that? On paper, yes. Okay. I will say on paper. Um, The reason why... Last time they played the Steelers, the Steelers did nothing but field goals. Yeah, and it was we still a very won. close win for the Steelers. Yes. Um, if Tyreek Hill breaks out, some of these other guys break out, we could be seeing something different. Especially if Patrick Mahomes becomes the quarterback and opens up the offense more. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andrew mentioned um, and the Raiders. Um, the only reason why I didn't mention the Raiders is because in order to be good uh, or to almost in- ensure them getting into the playoffs, they've got to be able to beat the Raiders. Right. You know what I mean? They're in their own division. So that's why I didn't mention them, Andrew, just so you know. Um, the draft grade I gave the Chiefs was a B. I gave them a solid B. They didn't have a lot of picks to work with, but they did fill some needs. But what, what hindered them, in my opinion, is they waited too long to fill that linebacker spot. They're, they're, those guys are getting old. They need help at linebacker. Um, they addressed the issue with um, – Alex Smith getting older, him not being, you know, not being what they want, what, what uh, Andy Reid wants. Right. Um, I think now with Macklin being gone, boy, they really missed out on the opportunity of getting a wide receiver. I'm not saying that's that's what went into my decision. But, again, now that they've done that. Whew. Right. Uh, the reason why I'm going to be plus, just like sure. I said, more optimistic, I compare it with how I graded the Bengals, mm-hmm. and that's how I got my B+. Plus. Right. I think they did a little bit better at getting what they needed. Gotcha. 
Just a little bit better, huh? Yeah, just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, all right. Uh, I noticed there was a comment from Shane earlier. Yeah, right there. No, the Bears went out on a limb with their first overall pick. But the next one is what I was getting. Be honest here for one minute. What do you think of the Bears' number one overall pick? Super Mike. Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell, of course. Yep. <laughs> so We've talked about it many times. Right, we have. Because, well, just being the Bears fan of the show. Yeah. And they, they making the biggest splash early on. Mm-hmm. One pick just to lose, like, three picks. But, anyways, um, I liked what I saw when I watched him at the high school level because of um, a lot of the stuff I did get to watch of Mitchell Trubisky. He's a playmaker. He kind of reminds me, I hate to say it, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. In the sense of Ooh. he can run when he needs to, not just running. But mm-hmm. on a talent scale, I don't think he is Aaron Rodgers. Gotcha. Um, make that clear on radio. Yes, make that very clear. <laughs> um, especially right now. The Bears have fan- – oh, re- really, Dallas. <laughs> but but what I'm getting at is I think it's the right pick. I just don't like how they went about it. Right. Which affected their grade with me. Right. Don't you ever <laughs> – you're, you're speaking blasphemy. I know. You were, you were yeah. kind of hitting on two – Hardcore fan bases. There. I was, and wow, of course they both hate each other. <laughs> but anyways, I think he'll be a good quarterback. How soon do we see it? Depends on Mike Lennon. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that completely. Um, again, guys, the number to call in at is seven one eight five zero eight nine eight eight three. Please be sure to call in. Um, if you have any comments or anything like that. We're going to try to find um, awesome Austin Thomas's past five yeah, minutes. I don't, see, I don't see those on here. Huh. Usually we have them. Well, I will say. Let me send them a quick text. That's okay. But I will say, isn't it interesting that when the Browns traded uh, Calvin Pryor, or traded for Calvin Pryor, they traded DeMar- DeMario Davis um, to the Jets, back to the Jets, and that mm-hmm. was his old team, I think. Now I look back at um, how the Jets did in the draft, getting two safeties, now it makes more sense. Right. You know, now and they've I got mean, a linebacker on top of it, which we were expecting. Right. We were, we were expecting, expecting something yeah. something to happen. But, again, just seeing him go back to the Jets and the Browns address another safety issue, another, you know, defensive issue, I don't see anything wrong with it. You know what I mean? Right. But, I don't see anything wrong with it either. Uh, like we said, we were expecting prior to be – to move on from the yes, yes, because of the drafts. Um, I mean, yeah, I, that's what I was going to look up actually. Was how did Davis do last year for the Browns? Um, he actually was solid. I, I don't remember his stats. I remember reading them. Um, I just don't remember right off the top of my head right. where they were at on. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but I mean, it could be. He, they're switching to us. Well, they are switching to a four-three scheme, right? And he might be more of a three-four linebacker on the inside. It's right. not how I look at that. Is the inside linebacker position for three-fours, two middle linebackers, and a four-three? You're just starting two of them instead of just the one. Are you looking up priors? Trying to find that article because it had it on there okay. of, of his yep, right here. It, t- it did talk about Demario Davis. 
Nope, it's just gonna give me the video. All right, that's all right. Anyways, yeah, so um, let's talk about the um, Bengals. What do you see as their record this coming year? Right, as of as of today. As of today, what were they last year? I guess was the first question. Not very good. They were oh, number nine pick. Yeah, it's probably. I'm thinking six and ten, somewhere around there. Yeah. I think they're just going to do the same thing, six and ten. I think they might be a little worse. I I wouldn't be surprised, but. And that's not me showing my bias as a Steelers fan. That's just me trying to be realistic with the Bengals. (laughs) (laughs) Commission's fast five. Oh, gosh. Andrew's fast five. Okay. Who starts the most games for the Chiefs this year? Alex Smith. Um, I'm I'm assuming he's talking about Alex Smith or Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Maybe even the running backs. That would be a good one to ask because – That would be another one. Kendrick West, Spencer Ware, and Kareem Hunt. I would say Ware. I would say Spencer Ware. I was going to say, I think where I don't think West was starter. No. I mean, he performed, but he wasn't the starter, really, when they needed him. Right. Um, number two, does Alex Smith end the year as the chief starter? That's a great question. That's what everybody's asking. Um, I'm going to say no. If he does, I will say this. If he does, I don't think he's going to be around much longer. Uh, I think this might be his last year with the Chiefs. Yeah, but I'm going to say no because I d- – I think something will happen mm-hmm. where Mahomes will have it's like to Alex Smith is cursed. Yeah. Number three, do the Bengals win one five games this year? I'm saying five or lower. I said six, so I think they could. Okay. But I, it's very realistic they don't. Right. Do the Chiefs make the playoffs? Um, honestly, um, I'm saying no. I don't think the Chiefs do. Um, last year, I, or last year, last segment I had mentioned, um, watch out for the L.A. Chargers, and that still holds as of right now. Right. Um, um, I'm going out on a limb. I'm going to say yes. They do. Because last year I didn't think they would. <laughs> they come out and, and, they, did, and they proved you wrong. Yeah, they balled it out. I'm so, going to give them the benefit of the doubt this so, year. So this year they're going to not make the playoffs to prove you wrong again? Yeah, what I'm probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, you got the Raiders who are – you know, it's either going to be the Raiders, the Chargers, um, that are going to be, in my opinion, going for the AFC West title. When one of them two wins the title, then you've got the LA Chargers or the Raiders going into the wild card. Right. Then throughout the uh, the entire AFC West or AFC, excuse me, you've got um, well the Steelers will make it, the Patriots will make it, um, the Raiders, Raiders more than likely, and I, and I said the Chargers, so there's four. Well, the Chargers is your wild card. Right. Um, you need um, the AFC Patriots. South. So you South. got like the Titans, the Texans. Yep. Um, they've got more favorable schedules than the Chiefs do, obviously. Um, and the Titans are look like they're about to just break out. Yeah, uh, they really do. And, again, if the Titans make it or the Texans make it, look for the, uh, the opposite team to go um, into that wild card spot. So, again, there's your six right there. I just don't see the Chiefs. Getting past those. That's just my opinion. The AFC this year is tough. It's very competitive. Yeah. Um, anyways, worst draft trade mentioned thus far. Best trade. Well, the worst trade by far is the Bears trading <laughs> up one spot. And, and probably the best was for the 49ers to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. In all honesty, yeah. Yeah, yeah that one makes sense there. And, and he did clarify and say at running back. And then so. I think we both said Spencer Ware. Yeah, I think it's going to be Ware. I honestly think to, you know, watch out for Kareem Hunt in the next year or two. I, but that's me. When you look at the Mac running backs, 
Yes. A lot of them haven't panned out. Right. Right. So that's the only reason why I'm not too. You're you know, not sipping on the Kool-Aid yet. Yeah. I'm sipping. I'm sipping nicely. <laughs> well, I don't see any of Austin. I, I reached out to him. I haven't heard anything. Anyone that's else? Right. That's okay. Um, listen, guys, we appreciate all your love and support. Yeah. We appreciate all the listeners out there. Yeah. Um, had a couple callers. I liked it. Liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot of callers. Different callers, not just. Yes. I'm pretty sure the same guy last week. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. Anyways, thank you guys. We appreciate it. Please, if you haven't liked um, our Facebook page, like yep. it, share it, spread the word. We want to get talking to the other experts. We want to talk to you know Mike Mayock. We want to talk to Daniel Jeremiah. Coward. We want, yeah. We want our, we want our shot with those guys. Um. We you know they say a lot of kooky stuff. Uh, Skip Bayless. Um, they say a lot of kooky stuff that we just don't like hearing, and we like to make sure other people's views and opinions get heard. Right. That's my thing on it. Because just because I feel one way about something or you feel one way about something doesn't make it seem like it's the general consensus. Right. And that's what a lot of these uh, sports cast announcers do, seem to do. So. I mean, I do see we talk about something, and then the next second I see an article just go up. Yeah. It says the exact same, same thing. thing. Yeah, it's literally like either – Three days later, or it's later on in the day, or whatever, and it's just like, man, you've got to be kidding me. Right, and I mean, even sometimes I read it before we talk about it, and it's just like, I bet Ted didn't even read that article, no. and it's the exact usually, same thing. Yeah, it's usually just coming out of the maniacal head of mine. <laughs> so, anyways, right. thanks again. We um, we will talk to you guys next Sunday at 11, just so same you guys – Yeah, same time. Um, just so you guys know, the July 4th weekend, so it would be uh, actually July 2nd. That's Saturday, Sunday, right in there, July 2nd, July 3rd. Um, we will not be on. We will not be airing. Um, okay. Super Mike and myself, we, you know, we need, a, we need a break every once in a while. I'm not saying this is hard work. Just um, we do also have other jobs, and, you know, it's nice to get away every once in a while. So that's what we're doing, being, spending time with our family. So – um, we appreciate your guys' um, consideration. And, again, thanks for the support. We'll talk to you guys later. Later, guys.